Hi, it's Katie Harris, and this is another episode of the Nursepreneurs Podcast. Today we have Jacqueline Qualter on with us, who is the owner of Login Clinics. Jacqueline, thanks so much for being here with us today. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Sure, absolutely. So why don't you give us a little bit of background about you as a nurse? Like what kind of nurse, um, what are you doing now? And we'll start there. Sure. So um, I started as pre-med in college. Um, Then, of course, switched to nursing. I've always loved people. I've loved helping them. Um, Very concerned with science, math. Um, Went in and got my associate's degree in nursing um, two years first and then knew I just wanted to continue on through my nurse practitioner. I started with my first job during a nursing shortage at a trauma center in central New York on the uh, graveyard shift. And that was very interesting, as you can imagine. Um, People would always ask, are you the student? You know, where's my real nurse? Um, I think I was uh, 20 at the time, or well, I graduated high school at 17, so it was probably more close to 19. Um, And so that was very challenging, um, but I learned a lot from a lot of the nurses there and then transitioned on to um, neurosurgical ICU and stepped down at Georgetown University Medical Center and was there for um, a couple of years. And that's where I finished my schooling and also transitioned to the surgical ICU, cardiothoracic ICU. I just love technology. I love machines. I love science and um, have a little bit of OCD as we all do, I think, and keeping the room neat and the, you know, read the, the cord straight and all of that. I think in order to be a really good nurse, I think you have to have a little bit of that. So, um, so I was doing that through college and then uh, through my master's degree, actually, I'm working in the surgical ICU. And um, at that point in time, I was trying to figure out, did I want to go into nurse anesthesia, acute care nurse practitioner, family, pediatric, you know, all those little uh, silos that you can venture into. And so I decided that I wanted to do acute care. My vision was maybe becoming like a hospitalist role, um, something in, intensive. And so, or even, you know, being in the ER. That uh, didn't happen. I ended up um, taking a position with interventional radiology at UNC hospitals, and I was there for 10 years. Uh, That was the acute care setting, I guess. We did a lot of procedures, um, and I really enjoyed that. We had a vein clinic, did some vein injections, um, EVLTs. It It was pretty fun. And then I got married and decided that that was too far of a commute. Um, So I went into urgent care in an outpatient setting. And that was the first time that I was in the outpatient setting. And it was a bit eye-opening to me as far as payments patients were making. You know, that was all hidden from me in inpatient care. And so (laughs) you got to deal with insurances and co-pays. And um, at that time as well, my husband had a job where uh, we had a $15,000 deductible it was a high deductible health plan. So a $15,000 deductible before they would start paying anything. And I thought, this is just crazy that people come in and they're sick and, you know, but they're like, for instance, you know, I've had nausea and vomiting for three days. I knew it was food poison. You know, I, now I'm here. I need a work note because I can't go back to work until I get that work note. And so here they were paying that urgent care charge $120 for an evaluation. So they paid $120 for a work note. And I thought, 
this is crazy. <laughs> you know, I think medicine can be delivered a little bit better than this. And so um, considering that, considering the underinsured, uninsured, considering even people who were insured with high deductible health plans, I thought, I think there could be something I can contribute here. And so I started looking at maybe I could do doctorsnotes.com or something like that. Um, searched the web and saw that, hey, you could buy a whole set of free doctors, or, you know, doctor's notes templates for, you know, $70 and you could just make up your own. <laughs> like, that's what I found. Um, and so I decided that I would start with telemedicine. I thought that there were maybe about 60, 70% of uh, patients that I saw in the outpatient urgent care setting where, you know, they had a rash, they had a cold or they had a flu exposure or, you know, they had a sprain or something like that where, you know, we could do telemedicine for them at um, a quick, easy, affordable, convenient, uh, that kind of thing. So I um, decided to create loginclinics.com. That was in 2019. And that was, I incorporated in March of 2019. And I told the uh, physician that I was working with at the urgent care about it. And he laughed at me and he said, you, you know, you really think people are going to use that? Like, that's not really an appropriate way to practice um, medicine or nursing. And so I was a bit discouraged by that, but I uh, nonetheless um, proceeded on because I thought if I could just teach people or, you know, put myself out there and, and educate them maybe a little bit that they would, you know, use the service. Right. So I started a YouTube channel. And I did is, uh, is telemedicine for me series. And I went through, you know, well, this is strep throat. This is how I would approach this. And this is why you could use telemedicine. Um, and so I have a couple of different things. So I'm sure you can find that. I haven't done YouTube in a while, but I'm sure it's still there. And, um, then I officially opened my doors in September or my virtual doors in September of 2019. And then COVID came in. I was going to uh, say, your timing is so amazing. <laughs> yeah, and then COVID came. And then they were like, use telemedicine. Everyone use telemedicine. And so that was good for me. So I was still working at the urgent care. I was doing my um, practice part-time. Um, just and, and I had it like fully. I had another provider that I was like, hey, when I'm working these three days at the urgent care, can you cover? I mean, I was ready. And um, honestly, not many people came, <laughs> you know, it was, it's difficult to kind of spread the word and especially with telemedicine only. So, um, but it was, it was good, good learning experience, a good way to start. I feel like a practice because I had a lot of time to kind of work on things that I was not familiar with. Practice Did you hear management. kind of like, you know, it's, it's, so for me, it was one of those things where when I started nursepreneurs, my brother's like, oh, this is never going to take, you're never going to do anything with it. And, you know, I needed him to say that so that I could be convinced that it was worth doing. Like I must need like a villain or something. And it sounds like you had almost a similar where the doctor in the urgent care is like, that's a stupid idea. Um, and you almost kind of need that person to show, you got to prove them wrong you show them that they, you know, that you were right and that kind of stuff. Did that motivate you um, even more uh, when you were struggling to find clients and maybe his voice in the head being like, maybe he was right. Maybe this is a dumb idea. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think you're a lot stronger than I am of a person because I really need more encouragement than I'm going to prove this person wrong. Um, but I just kept going because I felt and I did have people encouraging me. So he was sort of the exception to the to the rule. Um, 
but did have people encouraging me. It was fun for me. It was a project. It's I, I feel like you need to be creative. So I do have a creative side um, and I and I felt like I could use that. And it, you know, when you go to work and you're doing the same thing over and over again, uh, after a couple of years, it can be a little monotonous. So this was good for me to just be creative and to learn new things and to create new things. And it was fun. So it was more kind of, you know, I'm going to do this. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just going to keep moving forward and um, trying to help people and enjoy what I'm doing. So that's kind of what it was. Right. And I would say the other thing, I just had this experience because my son has to go back. Uh, oh, he's, obviously, everybody's going back to school, but, um, you know, he has to get his uh, medical evaluation. So I called the pediatrician and I'm like, oh, can we come in? And they're like, well, you haven't been here in three years. And I'm like, well, that's because you kept telling me every year to come back next year. Um, and they're like, well, now you have to come in as a new patient. We can't see him until October. And I'm like, Oh my God. So that the first thing I did was go on and look for like mobile telehealth pediatrics in my area. Um, maybe I'll talk to you later, <laughs> but you know, yeah. it's just like, I'm like, this is so frustrating. I just want something quick, simple and easy. Like exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. We, we get a lot of patients exactly in that position, need a sports physical, just found out today at two, you know, and we're not in urgent care, but we do have a facility. Now we opened a um, in-person facility in March of this year. And it just has two exam rooms. It's very small, but we do have people coming in now. Um, we're still doing house calls. We're still doing telemedicine. Uh, I feel like it's kind of a good mix of all of those things and all of those things people need. Um, yeah. So how did you end up, uh, you struggled to find patients at first. Where did they, where did you end up finding them? Wow, gosh. So <laughs> I haven't thought about that, but where did I end up finding these people from? No. Um, so really it was, it was family and friends initially. That's always uh, the best place to start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, my husband is in sales business and he wants to like go on the radio, pay, you know, $5,000. This is a good investment. You're going to get your name out there. And, and I really struggled with that. I think I I'm, I'm trying to remember what I paid for initially. I think I had like a I had a company that would, that's, I had a company and they would take these vendors, which is good. So like all the online vendors, so like health grades, right. All the ones like that. And they would kind of put those all into a little package for you, update them, uh, Google analytics, get, you know, all of your analytics straightened out there and your uh, code names that people search for. And so I did pay someone every month to kind of set that up and work through that. That is just a whole beast in and of itself that I don't understand, but I've learned about it. It does help, but so that's an expense, right? To, to do that. I think that does help if you're trying to be relevant virtually, if you're trying to, you know, compete with other big named um, entities like ours around here, UNC, um, Wake Med, Duke, like, you know, they have their own telemedicine as well. So really for me, it was word of mouth, friends and family. And then I have a networking group I'm a part of, and those ladies referred me out to everybody there's about 50 <laughs> women in there fabulous group of women i'm still in this networking group uh we meet once a week we talk about hey this is what i'm doing right now you get to know them as friends and it's an eclective diverse group so you might not be you know best friends with these people but because you have that unity in your business and what you're trying to do you're you just kind of bond together and i refer uh, to uh, the women in my group all the time as well. So came from them. And then of course, once we opened up, 
um, on site here, people just see us, they search for urgent care near me or walk-in clinic near me. So that's again, like the SEO. Um, I did have a neighbor, so we, we also do, I don't know if you saw on our website, but we also do employer health services. So we have like an arm of that. And that started during the COVID pandemic. A neighbor of mine works for a construction company and they needed temperature checks every day. And they couldn't find anyone to come and do those temperature checks for only two hours, like any company, they didn't want to do it themselves. And so that's how we got in with this construction company. I have a lot of paramedic friends and they were like, yeah, I can do that in the morning. Like for sure. And so we had three different sites in the, in the RTP area that we went to every morning just to take temperatures. And then that turned into, can you test a group of people who, you know, have COVID or we've been exposed to COVID. And then that turned into, do you do CPR classes? And um, then that turned into, do you want to staff like a full-time paramedic on one of our construction sites, you know? Um, so we have two full-time paramedics in Virginia um, on construction sites that are just doing first response and also site safety. And so we're trying to grow that arm as well. I have a um, lead paramedic who's OSHA certified and he works on that. So that's another another arm. And so, another the, the, so you originally started out with this one idea and yet the business took on a life of its own because you kept running into problems. <laughs> yes, yes. And I kept responding to those problems. And so that's been my mentality. Like if if there's a problem and I can meet that need, or if there's a need, right. And I can meet that need, then why not, you know, why not try and meet that need? Right. So that's what we've been doing. And it so far it's been working. Right. So I, you know, I'm asking this because, you know, we get this a lot, like some people will come and they'll see other people's websites and they're going to say, you know, I want to offer all these services, but you know, your services are really based on your relationships that you've made and the problems that you've run into. And they might not make sense for somebody else who might want to like mirror your business. Yeah, sure. And, you know, when you asked me that question of, you know, did I get down or did, you know, I get encouraged or whatever, I, somebody told me that analogy of the bread aisle when, when you get discouraged, cause I was predominantly more discouraged. Like, how is this going to work? Um, they said, look down the bread aisle there. I mean, how many loaves of bread are there? How many loaves do you really need? <laughs> That's just crazy. But you have the bread that you get, right? I mean, you like a certain bread. Sometimes you switch to, you know what, that doesn't fit my need right now. I really need this whole grained nut bread with nuts. Um, and so I think that's a perfect analogy for, you know, even your situation with I have a pediatrician. I need this. It's going to, okay, well, I'm not taking, you know, sunbeam today. I'm going for, you know, whatever, whatever. So I works. would say I, I always pick up the Sara Lee and if there's not Sarah, I get very upset if there's no Sara Lee <laughs> in the bread aisle. Yeah, they're uh, teaching, you know, right? I like that yeah. bread. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it's so, I had thought about something like this, um, you know, I'm an acute care nurse practitioner and I got my family nurse practitioner and back in, I'm going to say 2011, I had thought about doing like mobile NP, be the local neighborhood NP for everybody. And then I realized I don't, like primary care, like, a, you know, I've never really, I've always been neuro ICU. So I'm like, what do I really know about primary care? I don't really want to take on everybody's problems. But it was something that, you know, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for people to come up with, with uh, something like this. And, you know, even just with the, the pediatrician, there's still, I mean, it's still an open door. And what I loved, if you can say that you loved anything about COVID was the fact that things did move to a much more consumer friendly 
format where, you know, I don't have to go into the physician's office and sit there for at three hours waiting for my 10 minute appointment um, that you can yeah. just do a telehealth visit. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. I totally agree with you on that. It definitely made all entities of the world get more creative in how we deliver everything, like even Uber Eats and you know, we were commenting about McDonald's, right? We deliver, really? <laughs> like we have fast food delivery now, you know, it's kind of funny, right? Who would have ever thought like 10 years ago that that would be something people would use? Right, yeah, well, actually I'm embarrassed to say this, but you know, I did look into that, uh, you know, the McDonald's <laughs> delivery, that's why my son loves it, but the delivery fee was so expensive. I'm like, I'm not spending 50 bucks, 50 bucks to get a 10 piece nugget and fries sent to my house right. like, over the line. But, right. So speaking of that, like I, I see on your um, your website that, you know, you have your prices here for like urgent care um, and this is super cheap. Like this is really, really inexpensive. Like, is this something that fits uh, the business so that you're profitable? I mean, how does this work? Well, we're a really small business. It's just me and two other employees here. Um, I, of course, have contractors. So like billing, coding, we accept insurance. So we have, you know, other entities that we contract with. And it's just me, but you're talking about the self-pay schedule fee schedule. Yeah, it's like ten dollars. It's twenty-five dollars per month, and then ten dollar copay per year. Oh, that's the um. Okay, so that's an urgent care subscription. So let's say you have, and usually it's families that do this. We, you know, they're uninsured. They have like four kids, mom, dad, and you know they just want to talk to somebody about, hey, my kid has a runny nose, or you know their ear hurts, or they have this rash, or whatever, and they don't want to pay to go in, or maybe it is convenience as well. They just want to have somebody available, um, do a telemedicine appointment. Hey, what do you think this is? And it's usually families. I typically don't have patients, uh, solitary patients paying for it, because if you think about it, the telemedicine fee is $50. How often are you going to use that? You know, I mean, probably not worth it. So it's really worth it more for families. Right. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a license in Pennsylvania? I... I don't, no. <laughs> Can you get one? I'll pay for your You can do my son's uh, physical. Um, Okay, so um, at this point, your major services are, I see you also have concierge medicine. How does that work? So it's for people that want personalized direct healthcare. Now, if they have an insurance, we have to bill insurance. We, if we have a contract with their insurance, we have to bill insurance. So they could pay for concierge level coverage on top of that, which would mean, you know, you have my cell phone, um, you get sort of like, extra, extra treatment, emails, things like that. Um, I haven't really had many patients that have done that. And that hasn't been my focus. Um, typically those concierge clinics, they don't accept insurance at all. Right. And so it really, that's how it sort of started, but I haven't had many people. Most people that I'm seeing are insured. The people that are not insured, they just pay the self pay uh, fee schedule and you know we offer them hey we have this if you're interested but we haven't had many takers yet on that okay. we do yeah. have uh, small businesses that we work with who want to provide health insurance to their um, employees and it's just too costly for them or they've offered a plan to their employees and the plan's $500 a month and no employee Expensive. takes it and so we have a couple small businesses on order of like 20 to 30 employees where we sign them up for either a telemedicine subscription for their employees or 
a primary care in-person subscription, and then they cost share that with their employees in whatever way they, they want to cost share it. And so it ends up being very inexpensive for them. It ends up being good for um, the patients here, and they feel like it's an added benefit and that they can maybe retain employees better. Because if you don't have health insurance, sometimes that's a problem. There, people are gonna go work for, for someone else as opposed to working for a small business. Yeah, it is. Like, that's amazing that you figured that piece out for them. So that counts for them in terms, in terms of like insurance. Well, so it's only with us. So they can use, so the employer pays us every month however many, so they have like 20 to 30 employees. So they pay us $8 a month per employee. And then when their employee uses, this is the telemedicine subscription, when their employee uses it, it and some employees have to, are mandated to use it if they call out. Like if they call out, we have a client that has a high call out rate and she says, you must provide a doctor's note. So, in, and that was a problem in the past because they were like, I can't afford $120 to, you know, give a doctor's note. So, um, so they pay a $10 copay to us every time they use the service. Okay. Yeah. Well, and then, but you're not considered insurance. No, we're not an insurance company. We're just a, a medical provider that works with employers to give their employees some sort of health benefit that the employer pays for. Okay. So um, we have now, and I think I have it over here somewhere. So, cause I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but we have, um, if they want to offer employee only coverage, we have three different tiers. So like one visit in person a month, or excuse me, a year, two visits a year or four visits a year. And that's a one year contract and it's separated out over 12 months. And the employer, I just charge them, this is what you're paying. And then they cost share it with their employee in whatever way you know they want to do. They can pay for it all, or they could tell the employee, like you're going to pay for half of this or a quarter of this or whatever. Um, was that something that you had to learn extensively about? Because I imagine being misaligned as an insurance company could, could cause your business a lot of problems, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely went over all the um, legal problems with that. But basically, they're just paying us to offer instead of the patient coming in and paying for their service. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then on your website, also, you have a section called kidney stones, which I find interesting. Is this something <laughs> that's a common problem in your area? Yeah, we're in the, we're in the, uh, I was going to call it the Bible Belt. We are I in the Bible Belt. <laughs> There's definitely a church like every 200 feet down here. Um, but in addition to that, we're in the kidney stone belt. Um, and it's attributed to drinking uh, too much sweet tea. Yeah. So, oh, wow, really? I mean, people here, I'm, I was raised in uh, central New York and lived in DC for a while and then here. But yeah, it, there was a, a learning curve after I moved here with um, pig pickings. Barbecue is not the barbecue that I knew of. Um, it's like shredded pork. That's barbecue. And uh, tea is sweet tea. And you have it for breakfast. You have it for lunch. You have it, for, you have it all day long. You just sip on sweet tea all day. <laughs> it must have some gum and, and teeth issues too. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason why we found that, so when I was creating my website, we did, um, when we were doing the search engine optimization, the Google Analytics looked at what do people search for in your area? And, you know, and one was kidney stones. Yeah, they just <laughs> so need... random. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Um, okay, so you've been open technically for almost um, oh my gosh, it's going to be three years, right? Yeah, okay. And 
has the business um, expanded to the point that you want it to? Are you looking to get bigger? You want to franchise all across the U.S.? Like, what, what are you? Oh my about? goodness! <laughs> Pennsylvania first. <laughs> so no, I didn't add. So when I when I started this, so I was praying. Every, I have a prayer journal. I was praying in the morning, and I felt like God was telling me, "You need to open a telemedicine practice." And I was like, I am not doing that. I don't want to do it. This is crazy. <laughs> and then I wrote down like, please change my heart. If this is something you really want me to do, I'll keep praying about it. And then I decided to open telemedicine before COVID. See, so this has always been really, I feel like not my thing. Um, and I just kind of go wherever it takes me. I have no idea. I know that's probably not the answer you're looking for um, because I know they say, where do you want to be? Make goals, you know? Um, nope. I, I'm just enjoying, you know, helping people, growing, doing my best. Um, when I see a need, trying to respond to it. Um, we're having a request now. People want to do, you know, this IV infusion, IV therapy. You know, this is big right now. So I'm I'm researching that, learning about that, seeing if I think that's a good thing or not. Um, I definitely don't jump on everything that comes my way. Um, I make informed decisions about it. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think at some point I'm probably gonna get tired of doing this and wanna retire and move somewhere. So um, no goals for uh, franchising or anything like that. No, I think that's a, it's a really important thing to know kind of what you want. And it's one of the first things that we talk about in our programs is, you know, what is it you want? Because most people can't answer that question and they feel like they're supposed to want the multi-billion dollar industry and, uh, and whatever million dollar company. And it's it's really just, you know, what makes yeah. you happy, what gets you up in the morning and, you exactly. know, no yeah, one <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you. I don't, I don't have any like drive to make something huge. I just want to provide good care. I want to enjoy what I'm doing. I want to make a living. And then I'm sure, like I said, at some point I'll be like, let's sell it. Let's retire. Let's move. Like that's kind of what I think would happen. Awesome. All right. Well, Jacqueline, this was really, really, I love this business model. Um, you know, I'm sure you'll get lots of calls and questions um, after this podcast airs. Um, so if they want to get in touch with you or, or find out more about your business, where can they go? Yeah, they can uh, email me at Jacqueline, J-A-C-L-Y-N at loggingclinics.com and or um, text our, or call our practice. And that's 919-679-1880. There's also an information request, more information email on our webpage. page. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for helping me uh, go back down memory lane there a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> From one neurosurgical ICU nurse to another, right? Exactly. <laughs>